Hello there, friends, and welcome to the Paranatural Podcast. My name is Ben. And I'm Jake. And tonight we have a possession story straight out of Germany. Jake, how are you feeling about those pronunciations, buddy? Oh, it's going to be rough, but I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> it should be fun. All right. Yeah, so before we get into it, I have an announcement to make. We have a website. And we would like you to go visit it. It is paranaturalpodcast.com. If you go there, you can listen to any of our episodes. You can uh, contact us. There's a contact form on there. Feel free to use it. Uh, And this one, I hope, is, is as fun as I think it could be. There is a voicemail feature. If you push the little button, little green button down in the lower right hand corner of your screen, you can leave us a voicemail. And if it's particularly uh, interesting, funny, or what have you, we might play it on the show. So go check out our website. We put a lot of work into it. There's going to be more stuff up there. We're, uh, we're working on blogs and things like that. So check it out. We hope you enjoy it. All right, Jake, you got anything to add? Uh. I don't think I put any work into it. That's all you, buddy. <laughs> well, you do have a biography on there. Somebody might have written one for you. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> don't worry. I, I wasn't that mean, but it is goddamn funny. So go check it out. I'm going to have to check it out. <laughs> all right. That's all I got for starters. So, Jacob, take it away. All right. So... Our story is going to take place in a small village in Germany, Stuttgart, in the electorate of Württemberg. It's about a 28-year-old girl, Gottliebenditis. Her siblings. <laughs> Sounds like a disease. Yeah, I know. Sounds like you strained your Gottlieb. <laughs> Gottliebenditis, which I don't know what got means. But leaving his lover, I'm pretty sure. So I don't know. I, I don't speak German. I'll figure it out. The only German I know is the word for constipated. Yeah. <laughs> it's far from pooping. <laughs> <laughs> I love that joke. It's a good joke. Okay. So yeah, 28-year-old got leaving Ditus. <laughs> Her siblings. <laughs> And Pastor Johann Christoph Blumhart's experience with the possession of a demonic entity. Don't mess with demons, kids. No. Very no. So, in the spring of 1842, Pastor Johann Christoph Blumhart was advised by his parishioners to investigate the strange goings-ons goings on at the house of the Ditus siblings. Orphaned and bereaved by several other siblings as well, four of them, Gottlieben, Anna Marie, Kathleen, and Hornsjorg, Hansjorg. Ooh, there are some names in this one, isn't there? Yeah. No, no offense to our German friends, but calm down, guys. Shit. Well, hopefully they've calmed down in almost 200 years. I want to know why names in Germany need 18 syllables. Holy Christ. This makes it fun for Americans to pronounce. I guess. They lived in a beaten down house under extreme poverty 
but the poverty was not the target of concern. It was the odd noises, strange lights, and the unusual behavior of Gottlieben that called for further examination. Gottlieben did not respond well to the pastor's friendly overtures. He let her be, but the neighbors complained once more. Gottlieben felt ill, and the noises kept the household and the neighbors awake at night. Pastor Johann sent the siblings to stay at the relative's house at a relative's house overnight while he and trusted members of the congregation searched the house. They found strange objects. From that, the fears of the pastor were confirmed. Now, when I was digging, uh, I wasn't, this was after I wrote my notes, but some of the strange things they found were papers hidden about magic into the occult and all that, but my my digging was uh, that Gottlieben and her siblings had no idea where the papers came from, and they said nobody in the house was dabbling in dark magic. So why do they always blame witchcraft? <laughs> I don't know. I thought witchcraft was about earth and stuff. Well, Wiccan is. Wiccan. Dabbling in the occult was a widespread spiritual disorder. Further digging revealed Gottlieben's early life had been filled with attempted initiations into dark interests. So this was a little bit different from my other stuff, but she was orphaned, but her elders were the ones who did the occult stuff. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. She was orphaned? Yes. So then these siblings we're talking about are her like foster siblings or adopted siblings or what? It just said siblings. Just said siblings. Okay. And which elders were in the occult? Like her parents? I'm assuming. <laughs> okay, go ahead. All right. I did a, a lot of digging to like seven different websites on it. I mean, let's be fair here, okay? To be this, fair. Th- this is 1842 and German. Yes. Sometimes when you look into stuff like that, there is just not a lot of of information to answer such questions like, wait a minute, she was adopted? Who's her parents? You know, whatever. So, Well, it says orphan, so like maybe her parents died. I mean, that's also, you know, could be the case. Yeah, so like maybe siblings were taking care of each other. Did you find out if she was an older sibling or a younger sibling? Like. Uh, she was in between. Gotcha. Oh, so she just had middle child syndrome. She was just acting out for attention. Well, further into the story, you'll, uh, <laughs> you'll see that that can't be quite true. In the time, spiritual studies were not unknown. Reputable characters investigated reports of poltergeists conversing with the dead and spirits of all kinds. 
Pastor Johann Blumhart consulted with such experts in his acquaintance, but remained uneasy with their eager conclusions. The scripture forbade all forms of magic and attempts of communication with the dead. Satan will deceive by any means necessary, including the lures of knowledge of the afterlife. So the pastor decided to pray and place his trust in Jesus. That That's kind of what pastors do. Yeah, but... Unless they're on TV at 3 a.m. asking you for $1,000. <laughs> or get you to drink the Kool-Aid. Hey, we don't knock Kool-Aid on this show, sir. <laughs> we do not blame the Kool-Aid. It depends on what kind of Kool-Aid. The blue raspberry kind, duh. That's the best kind. (laughs) So through prayer, matters did not improve for our God leaving. It actually worsened, especially when the pastor would come over or come near her. She would faint. She would shake. And she foamed from the mouth in delirious fits. So after that, you look like you had something to say. That sounds like epilepsy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I'm I'm serious. It does. Well, okay. So here's some stuff that epileptics don't have, I don't think. So she would also levitate. She would speak filth towards Christ, the church, and especially the pastor. Dark apparitions would appear around her. She would scream about fallen angels and specific demons from hell. Yeah, last time I checked epileptics, don't levitate. Okay, moving on. (laughs) During moments of lucidity, she would plead to Jesus to be saved from the possession to see the power of heaven and free her from her torment. So, I mean, at least she knows something's going on. That's better than some possession cases, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. So after that, she would come to and just like be sane. So it was just during these fits that all this weird stuff would happen. So Pastor Johan gradually became convinced that whatever it was, was the work of the devil. He refused to negotiate with whatever was holding her. One night in late June, Gottlieben fell into a trance once again. This time the Pastor Johan grabbed her hand and shouted a prayer into her ear. And once she regained consciousness and joined in the prayer, From then on, the pastor's strategy did not vary. He continued to be patient, praying with her, and invited her to pray. Prayers were simple and spontaneous. So it's different stuff from other exorcism stories is he would just pray. He wouldn't do repetitive stuff. He wouldn't wouldn't do anything that sounded ritualistic. Well, did you happen to... to to see what denomination of Christian they were, because there's 
not every like religion has possession rituals and possession rites. Yeah, but usually the usually if they uh, accept that exorcism and possession is a real thing, then they have certain ways of expelling demons. Yeah, it was, it was just curiosity question. Lutheran. They're Lutheran. They're yeah. Lutheran. So, yeah, he avoided everything that sounded ritualistic or repetitive. Even if it was Bible verses, he he discarded after a short experiment. It didn't go into what the experiment was, but he would make no attempt to gain power over the evil spirit. Um, he would only invite her with gentle persistence to emerge from her possession. And if the spirit slash demon, whatever was in her, tried to speak with the pastor, he would tell it to keep silent. If it refused, he would simply leave. Gottlieben continued to suffer attacks. They increased in severity. She would beat herself, pull out her own hair. She would choke and she'd spit, spit as if she was trying to purge from within. She lost weight to a dangerous degree, and she tried to commit suicide by hanging herself. Oof. Almost a year after the pastor first visited, she began to vomit objects like sand, glass, nails, shoelaces, needles, and pins. She was vomiting those objects? Yeah. Did she eat those objects? No. There's a there's a word I can't remember, but it's uh when people are possessed, they'll throw up like shit they didn't eat that they didn't eat. That's okay. I haven't heard that one yet. Oh, there's stories of people throwing up entire snakes that are still living. Gross. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, they would. She wouldn't just throw them up; they would also come through her skin, leaving no wounds. That's weird. Yeah, I don't like the story anymore. What? <laughs> I'm gonna have a night scare. <laughs> I'll be here for you. <laughs> I got my cat. Well, they can sense evil, can't they? They are evil. They're, yeah, they are. They're cats. <laughs> That's why I got a dog. A three-legged dog. That's right. Suffers from three-legged ditis. <laughs> three-legged ditis. So, Pastor Johan, wary of both deception and self-deception, brought other witnesses, including council members and his own wife. Oh, here's another name. Good move, Pastor. Colner, I think. Bloomheart. <laughs> it's got one of the accents over the O. Colner. <laughs> Linguists, we are not. 
If I can guess enough times, it'll be right. <laughs> they witnessed the same bizarre phenomenon and they believed in Gottlieb's sincerity and subjection. All recognized that she was a victim of attack every time a breakthrough seemed close. A fresh new attack would overcome the young woman. So <clears throat> right as soon as things would appear to work, like prayer, she would just get worse. That's a that's a pretty common thing in uh any case of exorcism. I've it, like it, it's a multiple time, you know over months and years type of thing so that's pretty common yep yeah and uh so by christmas of 1843 the struggle for Gottlieben had lasted nearly two years the attacks started to happen not only to her but to her brother hans jorg and her sister katharina they also went through demonic assault. Pastor Johan would sit with them and pray for them. Katharina had become so compromised that she would try to tear herself apart piece by piece. And one morning, after hours and hours of praying and what else the pastor was doing, around two in the morning, Katharina let out a shriek loud enough to shake the entire house. She doubled over backwards and she shouted in a strange voice, Jesus is the victor. After two years, the demon basically had enough and left him alone. Well, yeah, if you make me exercise for two years, I'm leaving too. (laughs) Be fast enough to get away. Be fast enough. I can run now. Yeah. So with that cry of acclamation and defeat, the demon was broken. The nightmare was over for the whole family. So nearly two years of torture just came to an end. All the terrifying manifestations ceased. The noises, bleeding, objects, fits, convulsions, and even some ordinary health problems. From that moment, Gottlieben was calm, modest, sensitive, sensible, and responsible. She even became a teacher for the whole village, for the young. Her siblings made a full recovery. She remained in the congregation and helped the pastor with his teachings. She was a living example of a victory against the demon. Many members of the congregation wanted to strengthen their connection with the church and the pastor. Now, when I was reading it, um, during the two years, the pastor, his, uh, his connection to the church kind of, well, his congregation, it kind of started to slip. They weren't taking as much interest, even though they saw firsthand what it was doing to Gottlieben. They weren't taking anything from the teachings of the scripture 
So he was afraid that it was just because of the focus on her possession. Um, but after the victory of the demon, the congregation came forward with sins and wickedness that have kept them distant from the church. And so many people came forward that he, he couldn't even keep up with it. He had a prayer list and it got so long that he had to get help. And that's so his wife started prayer circles and got leaving. She started helping out and uh, they ended up buying, I can't remember what it was called, but it was a house that invited people from around the world to come in, cleanse their spirit, do prayer circles, <laughs> and it was also a spa. Get a facial and your demons removed all at one stop. Got Lieben's house of facials and demon removal. <laughs> I wonder if they had a sauna. <laughs> yeah, shiatsu massage, a sauna. A sauna? Right. Yeah. Yeah, you pour yeah, holy water into the. Your demons just go right. It. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's how you get the demons. <laughs> that's a whole new server Sweat the demons out. That's a Richard Simmons video that never happened. <laughs> But I paid money for it. <laughs> it needed to. The pastor actually wrote a book concerning the two-year-long demonic possession of her. It's called Bloomheart's Battle. Who the so, hell's who's Bloomheart? That's his last name. Oh right, I forget. Well, he's got like nine first names. I sorry, I forgot. Johan. Yo- Johan, Christoph, Christoph, Bloomheart. Oh well, that's too many syllables. All right, my name has more syllables than that. Well, yeah, but not the first one. Johan, <laughs> Jacob. Right, that, and that's where I stop. Right there, I got ADHD. I can't keep up with that name that damn long. Johan. All right, we'll call him Yo Johan. Yo, which is. <laughs> Yeah. Pastor Yo. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I'm gonna look into the book. I didn't know there was a book. Well, there's a book. There's a book. Hopefully it's not in German. <laughs> or you'll be at this a while. I mean but yeah, that's that's what I got out of the story. That that's the possession, huh? Yeah, I mean, she uh, she died from stomach cancer. I didn't know well, they, what cancer was back then. She ate nails. <laughs> oh, she puked up nails. Oh, sorry. That's got to have some long lasting effects, though. I mean, dogs eat some weird stuff and poop it out, and they're fine. They only live like 13, 14 years. They're only supposed to. I wouldn't call that fine. 
That's fine. Well, maybe if they wouldn't eat weird shit, they could live a little longer. They live it up in their 13 or 14 years. <laughs> you know, I think it's bullshit that uh, that bigger dogs live shorter amounts. Yeah, that's fair, because little dogs suck. I know. Little yippy ankle biters. Still love them. Now, do you have anything to add? No, I don't. Well, I mean, not not really, but it is a cases like this. They're I don't really know how to take them sometimes because so first off, good on the pastor for bringing witnesses, right? Because it yeah. makes the story a little easier to believe if multiple people saw it. But it's still a story from 1842 when you know they're their knowledge of, of mental health issues and medical issues it just wasn't there. In 1840... Huh? They can diagnose cancer. They know what, they that, know what disease is. That would have been like, I don't know, 1900 or something. You said she lived a long time. She was pretty old. Well, I can't find how long she lived. I'll figure it out. But even then, I mean, they knew what like cancers were. 1872, she died. Right, they knew what cancers were in 1872, but they still didn't know a lot about like mental health. You know, uh, epilepsy. Look, if I ever become mentally ill er and uh start puking up nails, there's something to it. But I mean even okay, so even that accounting as you know, as fascinating as it is and as like creepy and weird as it is, how do we know? How does anybody know with 100% certainty that she didn't eat nails? Well, from what I was reading, she was under basically constant, uh, I don't want to say surveillance, but I can't think of another word. I mean, okay, so they were watching her, whatever. Yeah. Anybody with a toddler can tell you that I don't care how fucking well you watch them. They could damn well eat nails. This is a grown person. If she like, I'm sure she could have figured out a fucking way. So if they're coming through her skin and not leaving a wound. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fair point. Fair point. Fair point. Now, my hiccup with the story is. Through this, he was having trouble with his congregation and a little bit before, but it strengthened after he won the battle with the demon. Yeah, I was about to bring up that same uh, little like, hey, what the fuck? Yeah, that's it's not proof, but it is really uh, suspicious. Yeah, I mean, a lot of possession stories are kind of like that. This is one of the earlier ones that I found, though. And the exorcist, it wasn't a little girl, or it was an eight-year-old boy who got a Ouija board or a spirit board and didn't know how to properly use it. But the pastor, his uh or the priest who was doing it, his congregation grew because they knew that he was fighting that demon or the devil. So 
the fact that he would have troubles with with his congregation while he was fighting it and they knew it. I don't know what to think about that, but I mean, so it's not provable by any means, but like it is suspicious. If I was a, you know, some sort of religious leader losing touch with my congregation, that would mean I'm about to lose my job. So if I saw an opportunity to, you know, maybe, okay, maybe not make it up, but embellish the story a little bit. Right, which I'm sure has been done several to, times. You know, turn this poor girl's mental health issue into, oh, and the nails came through her skin too. Yeah, I'm not saying that is what happened. I'm saying that could be what happened. Yeah, but different voices. Um, Fuck's sake, I do voices. At the same time, different ones. I'm not possessed. I mean, like more than one voice at a time. I mean, did she, though? It's what the story said. Or did she just Robin Williams it real good? (laughs) (laughs) Soon for those jokes. Rest in peace, Robin. I'm pretty sure that was a compliment. That dude was amazing. So what about his sister or her sister? Shrieking so loud that the house shook. How old was the sister? Slightly older than her. Because, I mean, I've heard girls yell. They can do it pretty goddamn good. (laughs) (laughs) My eight-year-old will knock this fucking house down. It's a big house. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm not saying the story is bullshit by any means or anything like that. It's just I like to take a little skeptical look at it. You know, right? And there's there's things that there's things that stick out, but you can't embellish all of it if you're going at it for two years. Yeah, I mean that's fair too. It was a long time, and apparently quite a few witnesses. So who knows? Right? Who the fuck knows? Apparently. People from the congregation saw her levitate. Chris Angel wasn't around back then. I've seen David Blaine levitate. Is he possessed by a demon? He might be. Fair. Yeah, like... A lot of the stuff that Chris Angel does, that's... that's Sacrilegious. Sacrilegious. I will give the story this, though. It is the first demon possession story that I that I know of that didn't involve a Catholic. No offense to Catholics out there, but that's usually the ones we hear that getting possessed. Can't remember if I told the uh, the story from the church camp that I went to. I can't remember if I told it on here or if I just told it to you. I think you just told it to me. And that's Methodist. But right. They took a witch doctor to uh, exercise a demon. Yeah. Okay. So second one, because you did tell me that story. Yeah. But 
No, it is a fascinating and creepy, creepy goddamn story. I don't care really like puking up fucking nails. I don't like it. I will remember what it's called. I saw it in a movie called Hellbenders. It's a comedy. Great movie. But they have. Uh, is that where we're getting our sources from now, Jake? <laughs> I looked it up after it. And there is a there is a word for objects that are thrown up or expelled from a body during possession. Gotcha. And I can't remember what it's called. It's called. <laughs> well, it's, it's a long word. I would have fun pronouncing it. Well, we've been knocking the fucking park. I just had a stroke. We've been knocking the pronunciations out of the park already. To say I can't even say English words right now. <laughs> we should try Spanish. We should try Spanish. We'll just speak French from now on. <laughs> All both phrases that I know. Anything else to add? I got nothing, buddy. Same. Except, uh, you know, the usual. Share us. Tell your friends. Like us on Facebook. Let us know what you think. Get in the Facebook group. That's visit probably the, the website. I had visit no the website. Visit the damn website. It's a good website. Let me proofread my uh, biography. Oh, you're going to like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I will. But other than that, I got nothing. Jake, anything? Um, No, thanks. All thanks right. We're listening. Yeah, we do appreciate the listening and the, the all the other stuff. So, yeah, check out the website. Hit us up in the Facebook group, and we'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Bye.